The following is a presentation of Boston Free Radio and 320 Entertainment. Y'all, this week here on The Chop Session, we kick off the month of November and continue on with our final season, a season of reunions, by talking with artist and dancer extraordinaire, Carol Flo. Keep it locked right here. What's good, y'all? It is your man, the unfuckwithable Sterling Golden, back in the building once more. This is The Chop Session, a presentation of Boston Free Radio and 320 Entertainment. And y'all, we kick off the month of November this week as we continue on with our final season ever of The Chop Session, a season of reunions. It has been a fabulous one so far. We continue with that vibe here this week. But first, y'all, if you have ever slept on a Chop Session premiere or locked in late for an episode on Boston Free Radio, say less, we got you. You can stream episodes from seasons one through seven on Spotify. Now, this week here on the Chop Session, we have someone I'm reconnecting with here in the studio who, y'all, I have not seen in a long minute now, okay? I have known Carol Flo for about a decade, close to it. And she has gone through such an artist's trajectory and an evolution you've got to hear about. And our first meeting was memorable. Our earliest interactions were memorable. We hear about that and where she is at in the present moment and where she's headed for the future as well. Because long after I'm done with this, her trajectory will be continuing onward. Carol Flo, you're looking fabulous this week. You always do, though. And you are a fabulous being and you are here with us this week here in the studio for the CHOP session, kicking off the month of November. Happy Monday evening. Welcome. Love what's good. Thank you so much, Sterling, for having me, especially on this honorable season. Um, it's an honor, and especially because we get to reconnect again and kind of pick up where we left off. I'd love to let you know where I'm at right now, and I've always appreciated your support from the beginning. So let's do this. Likewise, Carol Flo, I've always appreciated yours as well, you know, and this being a season of reunions, I couldn't imagine not having you in. I don't, I think as far as the radio is concerned, I think this may be our first radio interaction, if I'm not mistaken, after all these years. Yes, agreed. Yeah, you know, which is crazy because you would think in a near 10-year connection, she would have been on more than once, but this is her first time on any radio show of mine that I have done but not the first time she's been on a program of mine of any media. More on that in a minute. But before we get into our first interactions, real quick, y'all. So Carol Flo, her artistry runs the gamut from poetry to what we call shuffling mm -hmm. on social media. If you know Carol Flo, you've seen her videos on social media. You know what she's all about. You've seen her shuffle, do her thing. It is an art form when it's in her hands. You know, so before we get into our personal history, let's talk in the present moment. What made you first turn on to shuffling? Oh, I love this story. Much like a lot of people who are finding out about shuffling right now, I saw it for the first time. 
about eight years ago through a viral video and I looked at it and I was like, I have to learn how to do that. Uh, the girl is Gabby J. David. She is huge in the shovel community and she was basically floating across the floor and I just immediately was enamored by it. At the time, there weren't a lot of instructors around. So I basically copied videos for the next three years, kind of like educating myself. But that's really what got me started. What really pushed me to take it a step further was the demand. Um, I wasn't the only person finding out about it. There were others as well. So I started meeting up with them and we started practicing and here we are today. And it's an art form with Carolina at the helm of this thing. You know, if you watch her on social media, you'll see what I mean. I mean, she could take any track that she's feeling at the moment and turn it into a shuffle that looks just, I mean, it's artistic. I've said that in different ways already the last few minutes, but I mean, I can't think of any better word for what you do with your shuffling, Cairo Flow, you know? It's a fabulous vibe. I always get into it, you know? And y'all, if you don't follow her on social media, she is at Flow underscore on Instagram. So please give her a follow and check out what she does, you know? It is something you've got to see. So speaking of things you've got to see, now, we go back about nine years, okay? And this was the summer of 2014 when I first ran into you, Carol Flo. And I got to thank my guy, DJ Bob Diesel, for bringing us together, you know, indirectly, <laughs> because it was at his event yeah, where we were at a basketball court uh, somewhere outside of Boston. It was Bob Diesel on the decks. And I pulled up that day to show Bob support, and I couldn't help but notice this fabulous-looking human just doing these wild dances to herself, by herself, in the corner of the basketball court. She had long green hair at the time. She had an all-green outfit on, and she was doing, like, handstands. She was dancing in, in her own little universe. <laughs> And I just couldn't help but notice it's her. It's all coming to me now. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't help but notice her. And I walk on up, and I'm thinking, okay, well, no one's talking to her. I'm just going to introduce myself and, you know, whatever. And we connect that day. We start following each other on social media that day. And it wasn't long after that when you and I reconnected at a cafe. And I remember telling you, you know, I think the best word I can describe for you is muse, you know, the best descriptive word I have for you, you know, and I think that is an appropriate term because a lot of what you do inspires other people, you know, myself included. I was really into what you do and still am, you know, and I just knew that people needed to see you and hear you. Appreciate and that. That led to bringing you onto television in 2015. <laughs> yeah. And that was a story unto itself, y'all. So way back in the day, you may recall, I used to work with Dirty Water Media. And I had a show, the Boston VIPs show, which was a segment of the Dirty Water TV show on our local cable here in the area. Airs on the weekends. And I remember telling Carol Flo, I've got to get you in front of these people on cable television. Let them see you. Let them hear you. It's a holiday party. So come correct, whatever that means. And I'll never forget when you walked in that day and you had this amazing looking like silver dress on. You walk in and I'll never forget the words of Dr. Sarah Russo 
who was also on that staff and had her own segment. You're getting ready for the segment, and Sarah Russo leans into me, and she goes, Sterling, she's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> oh that's adorable. Yeah, yeah. That whole staff had never seen anything like you before that because you were, had a whole other vibe unlike what you see on that show normally. You know, so I want to go back to the beginning and discuss, you know, 2014, 15, when I first met you, where were you at at the time as far as your trajectory goes, Carol Flo? You know, I'm really thinking back um, to pinpoint exactly what was going on in my personal life, which is really directly connected to my um, life as an artist. Um, I believe I was working my way um, out of a divorce. So I was currently in a really a much lower place. I was sort of starting from zero. Um, I had art. I've always had art, especially dancing has always been part of my life, as well as painting, too. I don't know if you're aware that I do that as well. well. Yeah. I'm about to get to that, too. So So I've always had the art, and I never abandoned it. Um, But at the time, I was a little lost, not going to lie to you. Um, I didn't really know what was for me, what was my path. Um, again, I started from zero. So I, at the time I was working as a janitor at a gym. Um, I had just gotten my green card. I'm pretty sure it was like right around that time, if not a bit afterwards. So I finally, I could, um, have a tangible future because, um, I finally had my green card. Um, by the way, I came here when I was really small, like two years old. So I be- I'm basically from Boston. Well, let's talk about those beginnings though. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your green card and everything. So, where are you from originally? Yeah. What brought you to this area? Please. So I was born in Colombia, Medellin, Colombia. If mm-hmm. you've probably been there, you know that it's amazing over there. Um, and my dad's side of the family, a lot of them were already in the United States. So my dad asked my mom if she wanted to come here to work and, you know, seek a better life, the American dream. So we came here, and um, unfortunately, my dad passed away a couple of years um, after that from a heart attack. He was in Colombia. So my mother and I, we decided to, to stay here um, long term. Uh, there's a little bit more to that, but just to sum it up, um, last time that I came here to Boston, I was 10 years old, and I've stayed ever since. Um, and because of my immigration status, I was a little hope- hopeless. I didn't really, I, I had dreams. I wanted to be a dancer. I always wanted to be a dancer. But that kind of got sweeped under the rug because I became legal and I had to be realistic. Um, so What's realistic in, your, <laughs> in, in this situation? You know how it goes. Getting a job that, you know, it's not like an artist's job, like something of that sort. But did you, in the back of your mind at that time, still have the aspirations of doing something greater? I want to say I did, but I didn't think that it would be via the arts. I honestly thought that the arts were going to remain in my life as a form of personal therapy and dealing with the adversities, but I never thought that I would be where I am now, to be honest. Um, I did find fitness um, in a deeper way because I already worked out, but working at the gym as a janitor, um, people were very like, you know, you should be a trainer. You're like a really friendly person. So I started learning... Um, more specifically, the art of fitness. I'm going to call it that because it, it did become that as well for me. It is an art form. I mean, we had a guest last season, uh, Peter Morell, of the American Nutrition Center sh- shops, 
former bodybuilder, martial artist, things like that. And he's written books, actually, entire books with his family about fitness. And the man can speak to that all day long about fitness being an art form. So that's another language right there we've been speaking common tongues on on, on the shop session. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I learned about fitness from a deeper perspective, um, which gave me the entry into, like, just movement in general, not just fitness, but movement in general. And I became better at not only describing movement, but at um, studying it. So I accredit my self-studying skills, the knowledge that I acquired from shuffling, to the fact that I learned how to understand movement because of fitness. And I'll tell you, you know, when you are paying attention to what Carol Flo is doing, you'll see that from A to Z, you know, that artistry vibe is there with everything she does. You know, I mean, there's just something to just, there's just something about Carol Flo where she's on that whole artistic vibe from, from start to finish. I can tell you now that when you meet a person that just has a certain class to them, a certain type of like panache to them, a certain type of like flow to how they speak, how they move, what they do. You can tell that being an artist is who she is at heart and in her soul and meant to be something greater than just a, you know, and nothing wrong with nine to five work, y'all. Nothing wrong with it at all. I'm not saying that. Don't get it twisted. But I'm saying if you have something greater in mind for yourself, then you know that that nine to five is only a temporary situation and that something greater is waiting for you on the other side of that, Mm -hmm. you know? And hearing that, uh, you know, this has always kind of been a part of you in the background, I want to know at what point in your life before you, you know, I met you and everything, did you know this artistry thing will not just be a hobby for me. It's going to become my whole vibe. (laughs) Honestly, so the whole vibe, that's that's key, right? Because that's different than like my job. Right. (laughs) Right? Exactly. So when it became a whole vibe in my life, um, honestly, I knew it since I was really little. So my aunt who passed away, unfortunately, um, she always did artistic things with me so i was like 10 years old and we would write music write lyrics for example or we would learn like reggaeton moves i've been learning reggaeton since i was like 10 years old because of her or we would just engage in studying and you know everything about life from a very artistic perspective so she always i think exercised that way of thinking within me by talking to me that way and it's it's stuck Forever. Now I just look at life through that filter, through the deeper filter. That's the thing about you, you know, you run on a deeper level than a lot of folks I know, you know, and that became evident the more I got to know you over time. I learned about your poetry work. I learned, I learned about you as a visual artist. I learned about what you do with dance, things like that, you know. I don't know too many folks where I can say that, you know, 24-7-365, you embody that artistic soul, you know, you embody what it's all about. You know, you are an artiste in the truest sense, you know, and it shows in the work, it shows in your passion, it shows when you speak, when you move, you know, there's an art to everything that you do, Carol Flo, you know, and I should actually expand upon this if you're, if you're down, the name Carol Flo, mm-hmm. okay, now <laughs> I know you 
you know, for where that name derives from, <laughs> if I may say it on the air. Of course, yeah. So I know her best as Carolina Flower. <laughs> okay. This is, goes back a long way. Y'all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we go back to that time. And when I, I first, you know, came across you for the chop session this year and I saw Carol Flow, I'm like, okay, I got to get used to that now. I got to, I'll still call you Carolina. Right. And <laughs> in fact, y'all, one of the first um, drafts of our season seven lineup, it said Carolina Flower on it. And then I had to go back and fix it. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, I'm looking at my work going, damn, that looks fabulous. It looks fucking dope, you know? Oh, Carol Flow. <laughs> All right, got to go back and do it over. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you for that, though. Do it over. Do it over. You know, I would hate it, too, if I changed my name and somebody didn't didn't go along with it. Yeah. I know how it is. Yeah. But tell me about the name Carol Flow. I know, you know where it comes from, but, like, mm-hmm. what does that name mean to you? Yeah. Well, like, the name itself, it, it is a flow, you know, <laughs> how I, I came yes, about that name, right? Mm-hmm. So my name is Carolina Flores. And that's where Carolina Flower came from. Um, and then I realized that I'm constantly engaging with the flow of life. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm not a big resistor. And if I do resist, there's a really deeper intention behind it. But I'm a very go with the flow kind of person. I embrace alignments. I embrace synchronicities. And when it comes to my art, I can really let go. When it comes to dancing, I can really let go. And hopefully we get to talk that about that a little bit deeper. So I wanted that to be portrayed in my name, but also the obvious reasons. Um, Carol Flores, Carol Flo is also the short name of my ver- of my name, the short version of my name. Letting go is important. Yeah. Okay. And it's something that I have seen in you since day one, because that was literally what you were doing the day I met you, you know? And I recall our earliest conversations being about you letting go and you dealing with the aforementioned divorce, you know. And in fact, you've been kind of in and out of that sort of situation a couple of times in the years I've known you, where you've either been coming out of a divorce or coming out of another relationship or situationship or that kind of thing, you know. And it always goes back to, I got to do me, focus on my art. And I got to let go, you know? Mm-hmm. So now that you're back focusing on you and your art, mm-hmm. and you're letting go, how are you feeling now as opposed to, say, one year to two years ago when you were not, you know, in that situation? Yeah, it's it's been an incredible change, honestly. Um, even back when I met you, it, honestly, things started really changing like three, four years ago for me. Um, and it's like I walked out of a dark cave mm. and I finally saw who I was because I didn't see myself before. I've always had um, self-worth issues. Um, I've had moments where I didn't think I deserve good things in my life because I've endured a lot of trauma. Well, you know, I mean, we can all speak to a situation, you know, in our circle. We've all dealt with challenges of different types. I can speak to the trauma situation because I've had my own mm-hmm. battles with that over the years. I know exactly how it is. Different situations, but, you know, same wavelength, same vibe. So you're facing, the, you're facing these traumas. And then you, you know, just battled back, embraced your art, 
and you became whole again and became a stronger, more lifted, you know, higher presence, yes. you know, a, a better version of yourself. Yes, absolutely. You know? So, you know, I can speak to that in a way because I've been in and out of that vibe myself over time. And much like yourself, I had to pick up and I had to embrace my artistic side. And I had to find what I could plug into and become that better version of myself as well. So what you're talking about right now, I get it, you know. But you also mentioned self-worth. I've been there too, you know. Let's hear about your battles with, with you know, self-worth and how you came around to realizing, hey, I am worthy of all the nice things I have in my life. And I am worthy of being this, you know, very best version of myself that I am today. Yeah, self-worth was hard because it's the kind of thing that you don't really know that you lack self-worth until maybe somebody mentions it to you and then you're like, no, I'm okay. Like I like but then when you look closely, um, let's say like what courage do you have to stand up for yourself? It it can be reflected in that aspect. It can be reflected in, in a lot of diverse ways. Um it's always it was always just so deeply within me because I have this thing as an immigrant where I have to pretend everything's okay and I'm strong. And I got that directly from my mom. So all these issues like self-worth, they were just like so deep in the soil of who I was. You know, I had to really dig really hard, take a look at myself and allow things to happen to me, but also be present um, because th sometimes things are happening around us, but we're not paying attention. We're not fully connected, being fully connected, having the courage to be fully connected. I think... Um, finding self-worth starts a lot with courage. It does. You know, courage is where it all starts. You know, heart, courage, got to embrace all those things and become that whole version of yourself again, you know. And now that you're on your own again and you're embracing your art, we see that shuffle vibe on social media. It is vibrant. It is strong. It is powerful. I mean, it's a vibe to me and a vibe to your followers, you know. And... Now that you've been making this thing, you know, more and more central to who you are, I want to know, like, uh, how do you feel about the reactions you've got on social media for it? Uh, do people recognize you out there in the, in the open on the streets for doing this? I mean, wh where is it at for you right now and what are you feeling? <laughs> Honestly, I'm feeling like I cannot believe what's happening to me. Like I said earlier, I thought dance was done in my life. I thought it was just what I was going to do on the weekends for fun. And now all of a sudden I'm leading, you know, 30 plus people into the wave that we are the Boston Shuffle community. And I am so honored. I could easily lose myself in all of this. I have so much material to just lose myself and just gain a huge ego. And I, I understand that some ego is healthy too, you know? You have to have some you ego. Have to. You have to. Yeah. I mean, those who... Look down upon ego, that kind of thing. You know, they're having self worth issues themselves. They yes. gotta come around to, and they take you know people, you know, talking about their goals and things like that as bragging. Yes. You know, you gotta cut those folks out of your life and just keep on going. You know, you can't talk big dreams and goals around people who don't think highly of themselves. Yeah, you make them feel bad. That's what it is, you know. And then they turn around and try to make you feel as bad as they do. As they do, yeah. That's the problem, yeah. you know. And that is where, you know, things, you know, I've got to kind of like come around to, okay, I can't really be, you know, worried about what they think, you know. I got to focus on me. 
Yes. You know? So what I want to know now, like, along the way, poetry, visual art, that kind of thing. Now, in the background of something, do you still do these things or not? Yes. Um, I, a huge part of art still being relevant in my life outside of shuffling is the mm -hmm. fact that I am going to school at Lesley University for expressive arts therapy. Um, being there has absolutely blown me away because it has shown me in what other areas I am an artist. Like I'm currently taking a photography class. So this season is photography. And this is the first time in my whole life that I'm actually taking photography as a form of expression rather than just like, oh, let me just take pictures that look cute, but more like pictures that um, that say something about the world or say something about me. Um, and because of this, that's cool as well. Leslie, I love you so much. I've learned how to um, paint better. I've learned how to draw charcoal portraits really well. Um, and so many other different mediums have been opened up to me because of that. And I think that's why... I'm succeeding as an artist in my main medium because I have these all, all these other mediums that I'm able to go to to digest, to process life. Um, artists also have to um, seek outside ventures from what we usually do, um, not only to gain inspiration, but to deal and heal from our daily life. Because yeah. when our art becomes almost like our job, it's really easy for us to lose sight of why we started doing the art in the first place. I don't get the vibe that you ever lose sight, though. I feel like, you know, now that you've made it your, literally your whole life, you know, sun up to sundown, it's like you've embraced it more than ever and you shine brighter than you ever have because yeah. of that, you know? And you're doing something now that a lot of folks, you know, just only aspire to do but never quite get there because they don't truly embrace it. And because of that, they end up, making it a side thing, a side hustle, if you will, a side, like, uh, hobby thing. Yeah. I'll never forget when I was first DJing, like, 15 years ago. And, you know, I no longer DJ, but I did it for, like, a half a decade. And a family member I will not name and I were talking about me just starting out doing this. And she goes to me, see, now, I would just make this whole thing kind of like the, the little fun thing that I do, you know, with my real job being at the forefront – I mean, well, that's why you and I are different because, you know, I don't want to make this the little fun thing that you say so dismissively. I want to make this my life, you know? To me, it's like if this stays the little fun thing, then I'm wasting my time and I don't want to do this because I'm not here just to make this my fun little hobby, you know? Yeah. Ever have people that ever looked at you and said, you know, like, uh, what what's your real job? You know, that's a thing that artists always Yet, if they make this their livelihood, the forefront of their life, they go, cool, but what's your real job? Mm -hmm. Happens a lot. Happened to me. Yeah. You know? Do you ever get that? Mm, I don't think I have recently, but it's also because, back to self-worth, I didn't have enough courage to rock this as something that I can possibly do for the rest of my life. Because in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I'm just doing this for a little bit. I still got to go to work. It's just going to be about work at the end of the day, like my actual job, because I am a personal trainer. But even that intersected with everything I do artistically. It's not too far off. It's all really connected. Um, funny enough, I also have done, um, you know, I'm a hustler at the end of the day. I, I do marketing gigs too. I work with different companies. I remember. I recall that, yeah. Yeah, and I still do here and there. It's been really good for my business because it's taught me to deal with people. Um, but I've, I was a, a, a cartoon character once. Let's hear about this. 
<laughs> I was dressed as one of the bubble guppy characters at the kids' um museum, and I had a high school um acquaintance go up to me, and I, I wish I remember her exact words, but I told her it was me, and she's like, "You could just tell the condescending vibe, like just like this is your job, like." Oh, I hope you find something better someday. Like she said something like that to me. And she has no idea that while I'm doing that, I'm actually working on something I really do love on the side. But people don't see that. They only they think that you're supposed to just go from zero to 100. Right. Or they think you know, people that make the arts their forefront in life are, you know, it's not real work to them. You know, right. I had a You know, a family member that told me that radio was not real work years ago, and now you know it's paying their bills. You know, so there you go. <laughs> But in your case, Carol Flo, you know, yeah, it happens. You know, yeah, people that look at you doing something that you love, something that's making you money, and they go like, "That this is what you do." You know, it's like, well, what do you do? You know, I mean, it's <laughs> like, let's hear about your life. Oh, and they have nothing. That's what I'm saying. And I feel deeply. Like sad for them. It's not like a judgment thing. I, I, I'm more like I always want to go. Like, do you want to dance? Do you want to shuffle? Do you want to paint? What do you do? Like, what do you do for fun and fulfillment in your life? I want to know. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Is people, you know, are so focused on this cycle they're on and this nine to five world they live in, and they think that's all there is. You know, <sighs> they think that it's all about just getting up, punching in, punching out, rinse, repeat. Pay the bills, and when you're in your 60s, you can retire and then maybe have your freedom and be with your family. Because then. it's safe, you know. Well, it's it, safe, but, but where's the courage? But that, but that right there, though, is you know that's where the corporate world is playing mind tricks on right, you, right? Right, because it's not agree. safe. In fact, you're playing with you're you're playing with fire because they can dispose of you at any time, you know. If they decide they no longer need you, a computer could take over your job. And most importantly, is your mental health safe? You think the man <laughs> cares about that? <laughs> you know, as much as they'll claim they're about your mental health and all that because it helps them, you know, get over with the modern world and everything like that, yeah. and their and their partners and all that, or try to be more woke left and all that. You know, it's like the truth is, you got to focus on your mental health first and do what's best for you. And break out of the mentality that nine to five is all is what it's all about. Like I've always said, I said on social media like a month ago. I did this uh, reel where I said, you know, I think it's crazy that people, you know, make it maybe two weeks a year to have time to themselves. And even then, you got to ask permission. The boss could shoot it down, you know. And it's like, no, champ, I'm good. You know, I don't want to live that life. You know, it's like you got to have the courage to bet on yourself. That's what it comes down to, Carol Flow, and that's what you've done now for all these years. Is you bet on yourself, mm -hmm. and this is why you are where you are today. You have the courage to break free of that of that race and find your path. A lot of folks don't have that courage. No, they don't. And somehow I was gifted. The universe really gifted me this courage. I've always had it. Um, I haven't always had a clear path in front of me, but I've always had the drive to move on, to move forward, to keep it going. You know, stagnant is really what kills us slowly. Being stagnant at work, being stagnant in our emotional relationships, we should always aim to continue growing. 
with whatever we're doing. Because even your nine to five, if you really apply yourself and you have the growth mentality, you can really do some damage there too. But it's a problem that, again, this illusion of safety, it really keeps people stagnant. That's the thing, though, is I'd love to know the mentality that goes into buying into that illusion of safety. You know, because you're not safe because your your whole fate lies in the hands of your boss. You know, they can decide tomorrow. They don't need you anymore. And then what do you do? If you put all your eggs in that basket, if you didn't plan for anything beyond that, mm-hmm. then what? Right. You know, it's like you just completely fucked yourself because you made yourself think that, hey, I'm going to have this job forever. They can't replace me. Yeah, they can actually. You know, like I said a moment ago, a computer could replace mm-hmm. you tomorrow. That's why you got to bet on yourself, you know? So now that we're here where we are today, okay, mm-hmm. and you're having classes of 30 plus that you teach with shuffling, you have a coalition going with this thing, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I want to know, you know, the vision board, 2024 and beyond for Caroflow, what's on that vision board? Yeah, well, thank you for asking. I appreciate that. So currently, I'm teaching about three group classes a week and about six to 10 private shuffle lessons, as well as I host online um, shuffle accountability groups where, you know, I sell a program and then we do it together for like two months straight. So I want to continue doing that kind of stuff, as well as hosting monthly workshops bigger than my weekly classes. I want to continue attracting those folks that really want to learn how to shuffle. So if you want to learn how to shuffle, if you've seen it on TikTok, which you probably have, please let me know. I want to make it accessible for people of all ages. I know that a lot of people have limitations, especially um, if you're a little bit older, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. It can still be very much accessible. And I've studied shuffling that way because I want to help the people that struggle the most with learning something like that, because often those are the people that need it the most. So I want to continue doing that. Now, in terms of like my personal journey with shuffling, uh, this year I decided to start entering, to start entering, um, battling. So shuffle battling. I hear more about this. Shuffle battling. Yeah. So let me tell you all about this. Um, before I entered, I was like, I'm never going to do a battle ever in my life. I don't like going into flight and fight mode for no reason because it just brings up like old trauma. I don't like who I am when I'm in, in that place. Um, but then I went through a breakup and, um, I kind of was like, let me just throw myself into the deep end of the pool. Let me do something that I never usually do that I said I was never going to do. Let me just do it. So I entered my first battle, I believe it was July or June, um, downtown LA. It was at the first shuffle convention ever in the United States, which was a historical event I needed to be part of. And surprise, I made it to the semifinals. Hey, there you go, love. There you go. Yeah, out of about 98 people, this all started online, and then whoever made it to certain um, level can make it to the in-person battles. And then I also entered another battle in this past September in Chicago. It, also a national battle. The shuffle community is, is tight-knit because there's not a ton of us. It's very new to culture. Right. So... 
Guess what? I made it to the finals this hey, time. There you go, love. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying right there. Yes. Um, I actually was just in another podcast um, that came out last week, and I talked all about that because my mentality is not the normal competitive person mentality. Because I'm What is like it that. for you? Right. So it's all about expression. It's all about expressing myself and exchanging energy with the person that I'm battling with. So I think it's really different in how people see it. I'm also very, and I call this, this for a lack of better description, you can call it whatever you want. I call this blacking out while I'm producing my art. And go into that more for me. Yes. So <laughs> blacking out sort of has like a negative connotation, but bear with me. It's basically being in the raw present moment without thinking about your next move, but surrendering entirely to the unpredictable. And uh, not unlike a lot of my peers who think often about the next move they're going to do or plan a whole lot, which... By the way, I'm going to take some notes from that too. But I'm not usually like that. Um, I just kind of let it all go. That you do. You know, <laughs> you've been doing that from the beginning. Yes. Letting it all go is where you're at. That's yeah. where you're best. And now that you're focusing on you and your trajectory, and now you're in this shuffle battle situation, you know, I mean... You shine the most, Carol Flow, when you are focused on you above all. That's just my opinion. Thank you. I agree. You know, and while you're in this competitive moment, continue on that trajectory and just fight to the end, you know, with your shuffle boot, with your shuffle moves and, you know, show everyone why you are, you know, the A number one in that field and why you should take home that championship, you know, mm-hmm. because. It's clear when I see you doing your thing that it's a passion for you. It's not just something that you do for likes and for follows. You do it because you love doing it. I am obsessed. I can tell. I am obsessed. I'm constantly thinking about it. It's just I never thought it would be like this, honestly. I'm so full every day of my life. I'm so grateful. Now, you said you're full. Yeah. Okay. Now, there are people out there who would counter that by saying, you know, never be full because the minute you're not hungry anymore, you become comfortable and complacent. So when you say you're full, mm-hmm. right? I mean, where are your thoughts on that? Because like, and what do you say to people who say don't ever feel full? Mm, I say that I'm full and hungry. Okay. All at once. And I'm always just acquiring new experiences that doesn't stop. But I think that's part of my growth mindset. When it comes to being full for me is feeling full in my heart, being content, being grateful with what I have, um, acknowledging that all I have is right here, right now, and the rest of it is a gift. Yes. So thinking of it that way. Every day above ground is a good day. Yes, exactly. What it is, you know. I'll say this, y'all. You know, in the years I've known Carol Flo, one thing I learned is that, you know, there's no other smile that lights up our city skyline like Carol Flows does because it's a very genuine smile. It's a smile that shows that she loves life, that she's connected with the universe, and she's trying to get closer every day, you know? And now that she has found a form of artistic expression that she is deeply passionate about and is getting competitive with mm-hmm. and, you know, could very well, you know, be one of those titleists that really embodies Shuffle, mm-hmm. you know? Now the sky's the limit. You've turned this from a hobby to an art form for yourself and, and your, greatest form of arti- your greatest form of artistic expression. Yeah. You know? So 
Now I want to know, you, you mentioned earlier on different types of things like the, like poetry, like mm-hmm. visual art, that kind of thing. You know, I was like, what else in the future do you see yourself doing artistically? Oh, that's a great question. I want to go back to painting, but painting to me, it's really personal. Um, what I really want to do is combine multiple forms of um, art together. It's all, For me, it's always been really di- one-dimensional. Like I'm painting for a little bit, I'm dancing, but I want to find a way to be an artist fully with everything that I've got. Um, I haven't figured out a way yet, but um, I think Leslie University is really going to help me because of the way they holistically see art connected overall. Um, so I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but I do have a wonderful community of people that basically listen to all of my shenanigans and, um, are down for my projects. So we just finished our annual Halloween collab last week. Um, that was 20 people. There's like a storyline. There's acting. There are four different choreographies. I've like named like three leaders within the community to make up their own choreo to encourage others to become teachers as well because I'm not greedy. I want people to shuffle. And yes, maybe this is bad for business, but um, it's not bad for the consciousness of the world. I want more people to shuffle. You know, I mean, if this is something that people can get more into... And maybe get, you know, some tension out, maybe have a new way to just kind of like focus on something physical that they can get aggression out in a constructive way, mm-hmm. you know. Because it is an aggressive form of dancing, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's really athletic. Athletic, yeah. you know. And people, when you see this on social media, you'll see what I'm talking about when Carol Flow takes it on, you know. Really, anybody, if you really want to do this, can do this. Yes. You know. And again, it's athletic, it's aggressive, you know, in a good way, a constructive mm-hmm. way, you know, because you can get a lot of frustration out yeah. on the dance floor. Yeah. You know, those arms, those legs, kids mm-hmm. just pumping around, kicking around, you know, and uh, just, it just, she just runs wild with this thing. I know. You know, so <laughs> now we're in the present moment. And uh, now that I am facing retirement in the next few weeks, I just want to say, you know, that uh, of all people I've met out here in the 15 years I've been doing this, you are definitely among those who left the greatest impression upon me, Carol Flo. Oh, thank you. I'll never forget that first day I saw you on the basketball court. Never forget when you had the whole Dirty Water media staff just like going, oh, my God, what is this now, you know? And I'll always be keeping track of your shuffle videos on TikTok, on Instagram, keeping tabs on what you do and your progress because your progress has been fabulous, you know, and um, I'm grateful for the connection that we've had over the last decade. And even long after I'm gone from this thing, you will always be a muse for me. No, Sterling, thank you so much. That means the world, you know, you saw me before I saw me. I self-worth, courage is cool, but well, who are we with all the people that see us? Yeah. You know, people seeing me is what helped me see myself. And you saw me. You saw me real closely. Back then, I was just playing. I, I was that. just having fun. I was going with the moment. I do this too, but now I'm full, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could see it then. You know, I could see it then that there was something more to you than just somebody just having fun, that you could turn this into something. Yeah. I remember saying to you years ago at the cafe, you know, I see you turning this into something one day. I don't know what that is yet, but there's something to yeah. you. I felt the same way. So when you said that to me, I was like, 
Thank you. It's almost like the universe talking to me. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> you know, because we're always trying to get closer to the universe every day. Yeah. You know, and few in my circle are as close to the universe as you are, you know, so keep that connection going, you know, keep, you know, giving people something of an escape, inspiring people, you know, with your shuffle moves. And hey, I think you've got this competition. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you for like having me here today. And, um, you know, for whoever is listening to this, if you do want to learn about shuffling, follow me at Shuffle Therapy on Instagram. Yes. Um, I'll tell you all, my favorite kind of student is a student that has never danced ever in their life. You hear that, y'all? So don't be afraid <laughs> to come forward. She loves someone who's never done this shit. Yes. I mean, if you can dance, cool too. But if you cannot dance, if you've never done it, even better. I love it. Let's get you doing something that seemed impossible before. Exactly. Carol Flo, big love to you. Big gratitude. We appreciate you pulling up this week here on the CHOP session. And looking forward to seeing what, can, what the future holds for you in the weeks and months and years to come. Thank you so much and good luck on your new journey. Thank you, darling. Thank you. I appreciate you. More, y'all, on next week's episode. We continue on with our final season ever, this season of reunions here on The Chop Session. This is Boston Free Radio. I am your man, Sterling Golden, and we are back in a few. Y'all, absolutely one of my favorite Chop Sessions to date. Nothing but love and gratitude to Carol Flo for a fabulous show this week to kick off the month of November here on The Chop Session. As we go forward with our season of reunions, we have five episodes left in our series, y'all, before we call it a wrap on December the 11th. That's the date of our final episode ever of our award-winning series. But till then, we have more fabulous guests pulling up to our studio for the month of November, including next week, the big Don Pat LeBond is on the line. We reconnect on that episode. And then in two weeks, on the 20th, we have Lauren Flaherty, who I go all the way back to day one with. And then November 27th, I am in his new visual, y'all, for the song Love in Code. He is Joe Bermudez. My guy is here in the studio to close out November on the 27th. Then we have two final episodes in December, concluding on the 11th, with the very same guest I had on my very first radio show 15 years ago. She was my first guest, and now she is my final radio guest, Miss Kalani Sky. More on that one in the weeks to come. But till then, y'all, you can follow your man Sterling Golden on social media at DJ Sterling Golden across the board, Instagram, Threads, and TikTok. Also, if you have ever slept on a Chop Session premiere or locked in late for an episode here on Boston Free Radio, say less, we got you. You can stream episodes from seasons one through seven on Spotify. Until next week, y'all, this is the Chop Session, a presentation of Boston Free Radio and 320 Entertainment. I am your man, Sterling Golden, and I say stop.